love and appreciate you, Brother Mays, and your family. And I want you to come once again. I want you just to take your liberty, whatever you feel in the Holy Ghost. It's all yours, my brother. God bless you. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. Oh, let's go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, God. And I will bless your name. I will bless your name, God. I'm going to magnify you and glorify you, God. I will, I will, I will, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Amen. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. I, I want to, man, it's good to be, can I say home? <laughs> Amen. It's good to see everyone. Amen. And I seem like it's been a month since we've been here. I guess it has been, I guess. And, uh, but there's something about that grandbaby that just, uh, wow, he's got my heart, that's for sure. <laughs> and I can't wait till he gets a little older so I can buy him some toys. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But uh, I, you know, I'll truthfully say I, I really missed everybody and uh, miss being here and uh but uh, we had a great time seeing some beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, Brother Mayo uh, told me, he said, Brother Mays, he said, you might want to think about getting a summer home out here. He said, we ain't got too much summer. But <laughs> he said, uh, but we had good church and, and uh, felt the power of God in a mighty way. And uh, I'm just thankful to be home just well on, on my way through I got to leave amen uh, this week going back down to Diggins uh, brother Elliot has got home and uh, they're going to be moving so he's asked me to preach for him and uh, this week and uh, so we're going to be heading down that way but praise God it's good to be here it's good to be here and uh, I was forgive me but uh, I was thinking that uh, Toby I know you've had a stroke and uh, wouldn't it be awesome for God to do something in this house today to provide healing I said can we just believe him for it right now <clears throat> oh God Oh, God, I love you, and I praise you, and I magnify you, God. Uh, you're our healer, God. You're our provider. Uh, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Uh, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Uh, I will praise you. Uh, I will praise you, God. You're our healer. I said, you're our healer, God. Anybody believe it right now? Uh, anybody believe God's a healer? Uh, I said, anybody believe God's a healer? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Uh, amen. In fact, the 111th Psalm says, praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. That's where we're at right now. Hey, why don't we praise him right now? In Jesus' name, I love you, God, and I will bless your name. God, I'm going to praise you, God. I'm going to give you the glory. I'm going to give you the honor. I'm going to praise you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Woo! Oh, my, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's do it. Let's praise him right now in the congregation. I will praise you, Lord. I will magnify you. The works of the Lord are great, uh, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. Uh, his work is honorable and glorious, and righteousness endureth forever. Woo! I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you turn me to Romans chapter 8. Amen. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good to see. Amen. Gentlemen with. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, whatever I was going to say, forget it. Amen. I was looking at my hands the other day and I was I was seeing some loose skin and I thought, oh no, that's another sign I'm getting old. So, amen. Anybody ready for a joke? A farmer decided he knew as much as any doctor. So he opened a doctor's office in the town he was at. He charged $500 a visit. But he'd give you a thousand if he couldn't cure you. So the town's doctor, the regular doctor, decided to show him as a fraud and collect his thousand dollars. So he went to the farmer doctor and he said, I've lost my taste. Can you cure me? The farmer said, Nurse, he said, give him three drops from that little blue bottle. Real doctor started choking and sputtering and spitting he said that's gasoline he said congratulations your taste buds are restored it'll be five hundred dollars the real doctor paid but decided to try another approach he said doctor i've lost my short-term memory can you cure me sure he said nurse give me three drops from that little blue bottle I remember that's gasoline. He said, congratulations, your memory's cured. That'll be $500. The doctor went home. By this time, he was pretty upset. He thought, thought. He said, well, I got one more that should stump him. So he went back. He said, uh, doctor, I've lost my eyesight. Can you restore eyesight to the blind? Farmer looked gloom and he said, No, I, I can't restore sight. So I'm gonna have to pay you a thousand dollars. Doctor said, Aha, at last I've beaten him. And the farmer doctor said, Well, hold out your hand so I can pay you. And he put a $50 bill in the doctor's hand and the doctor shouted, hey, that's only a $50 bill. And the farmer took it back. He said, congratulations, your eyesight's been restored. That'll be $500. Amen. Praise God. Well, praise the Lord. Everybody feeling good? Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. A very familiar scripture reading. Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice again verses 38 and 39 where the Apostle Paul says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to utilize these two verses as my text scriptures 
but it's specifically from the first portion of verse number 38 where the Apostle Paul says, For I am persuaded that I want to take my title and I want to preach, I am persuaded. And if there is ever a time that I am more persuaded than ever is right now. Uh, as the world gets darker and more wicked and rampant, amen, I am persuaded. I, I said, I'm persuaded. Let's pray. God, right now, we love you. We thank you. God, for your, oh, God, we love you. We worship you. Uh, we praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Uh, we thank you, God, because you're here in this house. Uh, God, I love you and I praise you, God. Uh, I worship you, God. Uh, I, oh, I exalt your name, Jesus. Uh, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. Uh, I believe in you, God, to do a miracle in this house uh, before we're through. God, before we're finished today. Uh, God, you're going to do a miracle, God. I believe you for it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's go ahead and praise him right now. Go ahead and love him right now. In Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I am persuaded, God. Ah, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, oh, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woo! I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God bless you. You can be seated. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 7 through 11, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and tells him, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But, amen, be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. And then he continues in verse number 12 to say, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Oh, I believe that I am persuaded. I can say like the Apostle Paul, God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Oh, amen. The church I said we are more than conquerors. Can I hear an amen? Later in that same letter, the Apostle Paul confides in Timothy in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, amen, and says these difficult words, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. Although Paul directed, amen, these words to Timothy, his message, amen, speaks to every child of God who is facing great affliction. When you read these words and you consider the very context of what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy, you come to the realization that at the very height of his own painfully excruciating 
excruciating and agonizing trials at the very point of his death, the apostle Paul was still fully persuaded of God's love for him. Furthermore, he was convinced of God's ability to keep that which he had committed unto him in spite of all the contrary evidence. Amen. And I have often marveled how Paul spoke so confidently of God's faithfulness through his every trial. And I cannot help but be aware of the resilient faith that Paul had when I read through these scriptures. Paul never does spell out the things that he had committed unto God against that day. It might have been his thorn in the flesh or many other numerous things of his past that tormented him. We can only speculate as to what those things were. Yet after all was said and done, after all that he had been through, after all the suffering that he had endured, and in spite of knowing that he would soon surrender his life for this apostolic truth, the apostle Paul had committed some things to God and he was fully persuaded that God would never and would never forsake him. Oh, I said I love you Jesus. Let me stop here for a moment and declare to the apostolic church amen that what the apostolic church needs in this day and hour is for some saints of God to commit some things to God and then become fully persuaded some of you need to commit your past to God and quit going back and trying to dig through the bone pile of yesterday's mistakes and failures can I hear an amen if you've repented and asked God to forgive you and it's under the blood amen then commit it to God and and leave it there. Oh, is anybody going to help me preach today? Some of you need to commit the here and now to God and quit worrying about what someone else is doing or what they're not doing and just live it yourself. Oh, can I hear an amen? Quit worrying about how you measure up in someone else's life and measure your life against the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 had this advice for us. It says, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but that they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Quit worrying about what all you can't do and commit to God to do what you can do. then there are some of you that need to commit your future to God and quit worrying about what might or might not happen or what might or might not be. I don't know what's going to happen in 2021 and 22 and 23 and 24 if God should tarry. But I'm not going to worry about it. Quit worrying about what you have. Let me, let me rephrase that and say let me uh, quit worrying about what you don't have and commit your need to God and then start thanking him for what he's already blessed you with and praise him in faith for what he's going to do because verse number 32, amen, because you're his child and according to Jesus himself in the gospel of Luke chapter 12 verse 32, it's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Further, Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Commit it to him. 
And when you do, you need to get a grip on the same tenacity and resolve in your spirit like the apostle Paul had and be fully persuaded of God's faithfulness to keep those things that we have committed to him. In the scriptures, from where we take our text today, the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 8, verses 35, 36, and 37. And he posed the question. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? He said, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What's going to separate us? As it is written, for thy sake we are all killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, he said, no, I want you to understand, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then after making this bold declaration, the Apostle Paul declares, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now it's clear from the question that the Apostle Paul posed and the bold declaration that he makes, he recognizes that Satan's mission in these last days is not to only hinder God's people, amen, from walking in his great love, but to also keep them from being persuaded that we are more than a conqueror. Sadly, many within the apostolic church today are seemingly clueless uh, to this deceptively deceiving work of the enemy. Can I hear an amen? Many just go through the motions of trying to live for God, just spiritually plodding along day after day, completely unaware that the devil has successfully blocked them from knowing and enjoying God's love for them and never possessing the holy anointing, the assurance, the boldness, and the confidence of being more than a conqueror. This is the very same tactic that Satan strategically and successfully used against the children of Israel. When Moses sent out the 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan in the book of Numbers chapter 13, 10 of those spies came back with a negative report. An evil report that said there are giants in the land. A report that said the land ate up the inhabitants. A report that said in their own sight they were as grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy. In spite of what God had already promised to them, that he would go before them and give them the power, the anointing, and the victory to go in and possess the land. These ten spies came back with the hearts and minds filled with fear, doubt, and unbelief. They came back with what I'm going to call a grasshopper mentality. However, not Joshua and Caleb. They were persuaded. Look at verses 6 through 9 in Numbers chapter 14 as I read it with you. And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Zephaniah, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey on Rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Ooh, I like that. They're bread, and they're nothing but bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Yeah. 
Look, church, we don't have to worry about, we don't have to fear Biden. I read where in uh, 22, I think it is, this guy was predicting uh, that they're going to take away 5013 status, uh, amen, from all the churches that won't bow down, basically. I said, well, go ahead and take my 501c3 status. I'm still not going to bow to the, oh God, I'm still not bending to what the enemy wants to do. Joshua and Caleb were fully persuaded that there was no enemy that was too big, too strong, or too much for the word of God that they served. They were fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. The word persuaded, as used in our text, Scripture means to convince by argument, to rely by inward certainty, to believe to have confidence, to trust, or to yield. And one of the greatest needs in the apostolic church today is for men and women uh, to get rid of that grasshopper mentality uh, that's still so very prevalent in the church today uh, and become persuaded that God is able to do exceedingly uh, abundantly above all we can ask or think. That is essentially what faith is. Faith is arriving at the place where you're convinced and won over by the word of God. So then is it any wonder, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, somebody needs to get that in your craw today. Ah, without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him amen somebody go ahead and love him right now amen 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 I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus There are those times when all of us struggle to grasp faith. We all desire to claim God's promises, not only for our comfort and blessings, but so that we may please Him. We want a faith that brings God's glory. Because of this, we're often troubled. When our prayers doesn't seem like they're being answered. We start to question our faith. And then we ask ourselves, is my trust in God too weak? Am I too slow to believe? Why do the heavens seem closed to my prayers? Have I wavered somehow? Am I not fervent enough? Is there an evil root of unbelief lodged somewhere in my heart? Have you ever felt that way? We are forever trying so hard to believe, so hard to please God with a proper kind of faith uh, that we hinder our own faith with judgment. We try to make some complicated formula out of faith. But faith simply means holding fast to God's promises. When there is no physical evidence that his promises are being fulfilled and just trusting that God is working out all things for my good. Woo! Oh, 
Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost, Mother Toby. Amen. We try to make some complicated formula out of faith, but faith simply means holding fast to God's promises. Amen. I said hold fast to God's promise when there's no physical evidence that his promises are being fulfilled. And just go ahead and trust God that he's working all things for our good. Please understand me when I say the reason you have to become persuaded is that there will always be a struggle. You'll struggle with your feelings. You'll struggle with your emotions. You'll struggle with your circumstances because of all of these war against the mind. For example, I hear the word that says, by his stripes you were healed, but I still feel the pain in my body. I hear the word that declares, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, but I'm still behind on my bills. I hear the word declared by the prophet Jeremiah that says, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. But then I hear the doctor's report. I hear the word declared by the prophet Isaiah that says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. But then I hear the lawyer's report. There is always a war that is being waged and that war is waged in the mind. It's a war between the word of God and the natural circumstances and conditions that contradict the word of God. Can I hear an amen? Satan wars with sickness, with pain, with financial problems, with marital problems, with children causing you problems, with negative reports and with everything and anything that he can use against you. And if you become persuaded by the circumstances and the conditions that contradict God's word, you will eventually begin to stand in direct opposition to the word of God. The ten spies who came back with evil report that had allowed, had allowed the sight of the giants and all the other negative things that they saw to persuade them and to convince them that they were unable to take possession of their promised inheritance. Literally what they were saying was that they were persuaded by what they had seen and heard that God had lied to them. God had lied to them. I know that's a strong statement to make, but that's exactly what happened. They let their natural senses overrule God's promises to them. On the other hand, Joshua and Caleb saw the exact same things. They heard the exact same things. But they were persuaded by the word of God that they were well able to take the land. Numbers chapter 13 verse 30 we read and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it and then in Numbers 14 and 9 he states only rebel not ye against the Lord neither fear ye the people of the land for they are bread for us their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us fear them not I like the way he put their bread for us. You know what you do with bread? You eat it. Their defense is departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Joshua and Caleb were persuaded by the word of promise. The word of God had prevailed in their minds over every possible enemy. 
Joshua and Caleb, it could not have mattered how many giants there were, how big they were, how high those walls of the city were. They were convinced they had been won over. They were persuaded. Can I hear an amen? And I believe that through this message, if you will apply the word of God that's being preached, that, that someone is going to become fully persuaded. Amen. For someone, the struggle is coming to an end. The war is coming to an end. And those giants that have been staring you in the face are getting ready to become bread for you. If you will let the word of God get hid in your heart, you will soon find out that instead of those things devour you, amen, you're getting ready to devour them. Is anybody going to help me this morning? My God, I think I love That's why Jeremiah says in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 16 therefore all they that devour thee shall be devoured and all thine adversaries every one of them shall go into captivity and they that spoil thee shall be a spoil and all that have prey upon thee will I give thee for a prey man somebody ought to take and memorize that I said you ought to take and memorize it oh all they that devour thee shall be devoured and all thine adversaries Every one of them shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be a spoil. And all thee that prey upon thee will I give thee for a prey. The devil has been trying to devour some of you with sickness and fear, with poverty and lack, with financial problems, problems in your marriage, and problems in your home. Your children aren't acting right. The devil's trying hard to steal your peace and joy. The devil's been trying to persuade you that God's word's not true, that the promises of God are not true, and they're never going to come to pass. He's been trying to get you to take his side and believe his evidence and to speak against the very word of God. God. He wants you to say, well, it's just too hard. It's just too bad. It's just too late. It's just too impossible. The devil has unleashed numerous circumstances against your promises. It seems like you're surrounded by this entire arsenal of fear and doubt and negative circumstances. Please understand me that the devil's greatest fear is that you will become persuaded that God's word is true because when you become persuaded you can look on the dry bone conditions of your life and still have faith to speak to that mountain in your life and say be thou removed and cast into the sea and according to the word of God it shall be done. woman with the issue of blood for 12 years finally had enough and she spoke her own words of deliverance for the scripture tells us she said if I can just touch his garment I shall be whole I'm telling you she was persuaded Jairus by faith spoke of his daughter's resurrection when he told Jesus my little daughter lies at the point of death I pray thee come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live Jairus was persuaded the centurion spoke the word of faith that his servants would be healed for he told Jesus speak the word only and my servant shall be healed the centurion was persuaded somebody in this place needs to let the word of God persuade you today You are well able to take the land. You are well able to defeat the enemy that has tried to destroy you. And you are well able to break Satan's power over your loved ones. And you are well able to become more than a conqueror. Because 1 John 4 and 4 reminds you that ye are of God. Little children have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
John, 1 John 5 and 4 informs us, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. is not a struggle. Faith is a rest. Once you are persuaded concerning the promise of God for your life, the struggle's over. I'm going to repeat that. Faith is not a struggle. Faith is a rest. Because once you are persuaded concerning the promises of God for your life, the struggle's over. Now, that's not to say you may have to walk some things out. But internally, there will be a peace and a rest that it shall be as even the Lord has said. And these are the kind of people that Satan fears. Because persuaded people have the ability to persuade others. Acts chapter 19 verse 26 says, Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded. And turned away much people, saying that they be no gods, which are made with hands. Look at that again. Not only at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away many people from worshiping idols that are made by men's hands. When you are persuaded, God heals you can help persuade others concerning healing. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. My God, we're, I'm telling you, we're fixing to have a church around here. Uh, musicians, come on, come on up, hurry. I said, when you are persuaded that God heals, you can help persuade others concerning healing. When you are persuaded that God restores marriages and heals broken homes, you can persuade others to trust God for their marriages and their homes. When you are persuaded that God can break habits and addictions and deliver the captives and set them free, then you can be a powerful tool to bring deliverance and restoration because persuaded people persuade people. People who are intimidated and manipulated by their circumstances, they're no threat to the devil. Stand with me. The people that put hell on high alert are those who are persuaded. And they are the ones that say, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what my circumstances are. It doesn't matter, amen, what the need is. I am persuaded. I said, I am persuaded. If God's word says it, that settles it. I am persuaded. Is anybody persuaded in the house? I said, is anybody persuaded in the house? Come on. If hell's been trying to talk to you, if hell's been trying to get you, come on to the front right now. Amen. Let this pastor lay hands on you. Come on, come on, come on, in Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In man of God pray over you. Come on, everybody pray. There's a man and a woman. I said, I caught Come on, right now, in Jesus' name. Don't rebel. Don't push it aside. Come. Right now, your deliverance is in the house. Come on, become persuaded today. You know you want to. I said, you know you want to. But something just holding you back. Shake loose from the thing that has you bound. Come on, shake it loose. Come on, Come on, come on, there's one of them. There's an Come on, pray, church, pray, church, pray. Come on, come on, somebody else. 
Ah, there's a lady here. Come on, there's Ikatarabosaya in the Lolo Musica. Come on, right now in Jesus' name. Ah, come on, we're going to start up the music again. We're going to make it easy for you. Come on, we're going to start up the music. Come on, you Come on, Pray, church, pray. Come on, there's souls hanging in the balance. Everybody pray like your pastor's praying. Come on, seek the face of God right now. Ah, Jesus. Jesus. asking you in Jesus name please come come 